Good morning and welcome to Get Up With God. It's good to see you this morning. Hope you have a great night and you're starting your day the right way, getting into the Word. Grab your Bible, grab a notepad, maybe even grab a cup of coffee and you can join me this morning for six points at 6 a.m. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about what do I do until Jesus returns? What do you got to be up to? What's your goal? What's your job? What should we be doing? This is going to be a great discussion today. Like I said, grab a Bible, grab a notepad, take some notes down. You can study this even deeper later with some of the scriptures that I provide to you. But let's get into this. But before we do, let's pray. As always, starting our day the right way. And I'll get in prayer with you right now. So bow your head, pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We lift you up. We magnify you. We thank you, Lord, that you're a good God. You're not just a good God for what you do. You're a good God for who you are. You're a great, mighty, strong, powerful God, and we thank you for being our God, not just our God, but our Father. Lord, you you are our King, you are our Lord, and we follow you, but you're also a loving Father that cares for us, you look after us, and we thank you for that, Lord. You're faithful. We're just thankful for this time. We just worship you now, Lord. We just worship you and take this time to give the first part of our day, the first fruits of our day to you. And now, Lord, I ask for every person that's under the sound of my voice, I ask that you'd help them. Lead them and guide them. Give them direction today, but give them peace. Give them hope. I thank you, Lord, for that, that, that there is a hope and a future for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I thank you for touching them now in Jesus' mighty name. Pain and sickness, I command you to go. If you're dealing with pain, if you're dealing with illness in your body, health issues, I command now in, in the mighty name of Jesus that your body be healed. I speak to that sickness, that cancer, that disease, that infection, Come out of their body now in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord, for healing now, touching their body. Lord, if it's a a miraculous, instantaneous healing, I thank you. We receive it and we believe for it. But if it's a healing process, Lord, we believe for that now too in Jesus' mighty name. Well, it's great to be with you this morning. Thank you for everybody that does join live. It's a blessing to study with you. But let's start this point number one. What do I do until Jesus returns? His return is imminent. He's returning very soon. And the Bible says that those who don't believe that his return is soon or that he will be returning soon are assigned to us who believe that he will be returning soon. So anybody that says, well, he hasn't come yet, what makes you think he's going to come now? Say thank you. That makes proof to me that he's going to be coming soon. And that's the reality of it. You have a lot of people now that have said it's I think Jesus will return. I don't think it'll be soon, like within the next day or so, but I think he will come soon. Those are the people. Those people need to look out. Those people need to be warned and need to be made alert on high alert that you should wake up with an anticipation that his return should be coming. But let's talk a little bit more about this. What do we do until he does return? Should we be waiting around? Uh, uh, we're having meetings at our church and Dr. Mark Barclay is ministering on eschatology and the end times and things that are going on in the end times. And he said, he made a comment. He said, Do, should we just sit in our pastor's lawn until Jesus returns? Uh, for sure, we shouldn't be. We shouldn't just be sitting around until the return of Jesus. So I want to go through six points with you this morning on what we should do until the return of Jesus, what our activity should be, and hopefully this helps you this morning. Turn with me into the book of Mark, the book of Mark. Point number one, what was Jesus's last words to humanity before he was crucified on the cross? Or I'm sorry, before he left humanity, not when he was crucified, but when he left humanity. Turn with me into Mark 16. 
So point number one, what was Jesus's last words to humanity? This was after he was crucified, placed on the cross, sacrificed for you and for me. Mark chapter 16. Go into verse 14. Later, he appeared to the 11. So this is after he was crucified. He then rose from the dead. Three days had passed since his crucifixion. He rose from the dead. And then he revisited his disciples. And these were his words to the disciples as he left. Later, he appeared to to the 11 as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe that those who had seen him after he had risen. Sounds like today, doesn't it? People saw Jesus risen. Nobody believed that they had seen him risen because it was very far-fetched, didn't seem realistic. What's going on today? People don't believe that Jesus is going to be returning, seems very far-fetched, doesn't seem realistic. But the reality is Jesus is rebuking that unbelief. He's against that unbelief and hardness of heart, which people have against his return. Uh, But he said, because they did not believe that those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel, to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So a couple things he commands to do here. He says to them, go into all the world, so you're going to go, preach the gospel, baptize people, signs and wonders will follow those that believe, cast out demonic spirits, speak with new tongues, anything you take up or anything that you drink due to your journey, you won't be hurt by it, and uh, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So those are some commands that he gave to us. Uh, Also in Acts chapter 1, turn through there, which is also the same context as Mark 16 that we're reading right there. Acts chapter 1. You can read here in chapter, starting in verse, we'll start in verse five. Jesus says to his disciples, John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, I'll jump down to verse eight, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Same thing as he said in Mark 16, this, this, this is Mark 16. I know it's Acts chapter 1, but this is Mark 16 in the context of what he was telling his disciples. He's saying here, uh, he's saying here, uh, the, hold on one second, sorry about that. It appears, just give me a thumbs up on the screen if, it, if I'm still streaming and everything looks right here and uh, there's no issues with the stream or broadcast. Just give me a thumbs up if you don't mind. It looks like I lost the stream, but it appears my audio is still going. So somebody just give me a thumbs up if everything looks good. Okay, great. So so Jesus says to them, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, all Judea and to the ends of the earth. And so he's giving them power. This is, as I was saying, the same as Mark 16 here. He's saying you are going into, you're, you are to go into all the world, preach the gospel, but I'm going to equip you with power. So he's sending them. He's given them uh, direction to go in the midst of not just direction to go, but power to go. So his last words were to humanity, not just his disciples, but this is a commandment to humanity, to his 
people that follow him was to go into all the world. So number one, what was Jesus's last words to humanity? It, he sent us on a mission, a, a compelling and gave us equipment along with that mission. Uh, number two, did Jesus know the earth would end? Number two, did Jesus know that the earth would end? Turn with me into, Mark, into Luke, the 21st chapter. Did Jesus know that the world would end? Luke 21, jump over to verse 33. He says this. Just uh, start in verse 33. Heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Verse 34, take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness, cares of life, and that, did, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So Jesus knew, uh, back to verse 33, heaven and earth will pass away. Jesus knew that this earth would come to pass. So my point number two is, did Jesus know that the time would end? He did know. Jesus knew that the earth would come to, uh, the earth would pass. The earth would come to a point where it's no longer in existence. And he knew that there was a, a period of time from the time he left to the time the earth gets canceled out, the earth ends, that there will be a, an important time for me and you to be on the earth. And that's what we're in right now. We're not in the tribulation period. Again, let me read this to you for some of you naysayers or people that are confused about this. Luke 21, 36, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man. So what are you escaping? And I've got four or five other scriptures that I could show you that the Christian will not be here for the tribulation period. I've got if you if you want those scriptures, you can message me, leave me a comment in the on the on YouTube channel, not so much in the live chat, but in the comment section on the YouTube channel. If you want to know what those scriptures are, I'll be glad to provide them to you, but leave a comment in the YouTube section, I'll get those scriptures to you, or if you have my number, if you know if you know me personally, you can respond via email or you can send me a text. I'll get you those scriptures. Uh, I think I've got four or five different scriptures that show we will escape tribulation. The elect will. The people of God will not experience tribulation. So my point is, though, number two, did Jesus know that the earth would end? He did. He knew that this earth would come to an end, and he knew that there was an important mission to take place here on the earth for you and for me to accomplish before his return and before the earth ends. There's important work to be done. Number three, what ability did Jesus give us to occupy? What ability did Jesus give us to occupy? That's point number three. So again, Acts chapter one, we just read, you shall be empowered. Uh, let me read it to you one more time, but turn to two places with me. Turn to Luke chapter nine, the ninth chapter of Luke. And I wanna make a contrast here. And then you go to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and until the ends of the earth. And then in uh, Acts chapter two, in verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And it, 
appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. Now, turn to Luke chapter 9. I know I told you to hold your place there. Luke chapter 9 verse 1 says, Then he called his twelve disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, I want to explain something to you. This is way back in Luke chapter 9, before Jesus went to the cross, before Jesus rose from the dead, before he came back and visited his disciples and gave them uh, what we call the Great Commission or, or commission and compelled them to go, what we just read in Mark 16 and Acts chapter 1. This Luke chapter 9 is before all those things happened. He equipped them because one thing you have to understand, and I don't want to go too far on this side because uh, it's going to... Uh, take take us away from what we're trying to do but jesus said i'm giving you power and authority to do these things and in luke 9 before jesus died there was not a baptism in the holy spirit where you could be infilled with the holy spirit in this time in this actual time it was a temporary uh presence that the holy spirit gave to them it wasn't like jesus Jesus was the only one since the old prophets because they would you, you would see in the Old Testament that they would be temporarily filled with the Holy Spirit. They'd be empowered by the power of God. They'd be anointed to do things. They'd see into the future. There'd be miracles done at their hands. That was a that's the power of the Holy Ghost, but they weren't infilled with the Holy Ghost. So I don't want to get too down far down that path, but I can show you scriptures and referencing that. But in Luke chapter 9, the disciples get a dose <laughs> For a lack of a better term, they get a dose of the Holy Ghost, but they don't get an infilling of the Holy Ghost here. So Jesus empowers them. He come he comes to them, and and if 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 this was like any other occurrence in the Bible, he would have laid hands on them, and he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases, sent them to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. So Jesus empowers them with this Holy Spirit, but it wasn't the infilling that they received in Acts chapter one. That's why he said, "Wait to be empowered and equipped." So I, I, again, I want to I'm explaining to you. What ability did Jesus give us? This same ability, even though this was a temporary ability that he gave to his disciples, which later they were infilled with and had forever, this was the ability that Jesus gave to us is to cast out demons, heal the sick, preach the gospel. We're empowered to do it. See, people people ask me, Dylan, you know, you, 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 pe you preach with passion. You have good revelation when you study the word and that's not my own ability. You can't just wake up and do this. And I'm not, I'm not any better than anybody else, but I'm anointed. I've been equipped with the Holy Spirit. You can, if you've been infilled with the Holy Spirit, there's an anointing to preach. There's an anointing to heal the sick. There's an empowering to do things that God has called you to do. You can't do of your own ability. Preaching is part of that. You ever hear a dull, boring, you know, sermon lecture of someone just talking? That's not that it's it's so much appeasing to your flesh, but when there's no power, when there's no conviction, when there's no compelling to what they say and what they do, there's typically no infilling of the Holy Spirit or there's no baptism in the Holy Spirit that compels or drives that ability. They're just like healing, like a doctor can heal. Let me be careful how I say this. A doctor can aid in the um, ability 
with getting someone to health again. A doc, we, I, I'm appreciative of doctors. I have a doctor. I'm thankful for doctors. Uh, but they're not the healing physician that Jesus is. So without that healing power that Jesus provides, they can't heal a human being at the to the extent that Jesus can. They can aid in getting someone better. And and that's true. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with seeing a doctor. You know, a lot of faith people think that if they're in faith, they can't go see a doctor. Well, that's just a perverted faith. But the reality is doctors don't have the physician healing power that Jesus provides to the Christian, to the believer that's infilled with the Holy Spirit. It does it doesn't happen. But they're they have a, a natural remedy to things that can happen, which is wonderful. But when you get that healing power, when that infilling of the Holy Spirit dwells upon you and you have that healing power, not only is the power in you, but Jesus told us to go with it and to heal people. He's told us to utilize that power and to help other people to experience the power of it. That's what we've been commanded to do. When you're at work, when you're at your job, when you're at school, wherever you are, and you encounter someone that is not whole, that is not experiencing the blessing of God, that is not experiencing the goodness of God in their life, whether it be health, mental, physical, whether whether it be in their finances, in their family, it is your prerogative. It is your job. It is your commission to intervene to help that situation if it's been within your realm and spectrum of what God's equipped you to go do. That's what our assignment is to do. You can't ignore these things. You can't be in, encountering someone that is in sickness, pain, disease, and not intervene in that. It is against the law of God. It is against the law, the commandment of God, for you to ignore that. It's not enough just to say, well, we, we hope you get better. Here's a card. Get well soon. No, my friend, I've got a good friend, my friend Ben, who's in the medical industry, and he, he he's around sick people all the time. And it's not his job to walk to his. He's paid to do a specific job. He's not paid to walk to every room and lay hands on people. But this is what I know he does. When he's in, in, in a medical facility, when he's in a surgical room, his hands have to touch whatever procedure or whatever process he's in. I can guarantee you, I know the man. His hands, when his, his hands lay upon someone's body, that there's the healing power of God that goes into those. And I've asked him, have you ever lost someone on the table? Ever? He said, I've never experienced anything like that where someone tragically goes into a, a bad situation. No, he, he, the presence of God is with him wherever he goes. Well, is that just him? Is that alone within within my friend Ben? Is that the only power that resides in that hospital room is, the, is with him? No, it's wherever the Holy Spirit goes. And so if you're equipped with the Holy Spirit, if you've been empowered and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, he's giving you power and ability to touch and impact a world and a society that we live in today. You don't have an excuse not to do it. Well, that goes for preaching the gospel too. If you know someone's lost and hurting and you can tell that they're on their way to hell, it is your job to send the message to make it clear because you have an anointing to preach that to them. So what ability did Jesus give us? I just told you. So Acts chapter 1 and 8, Acts chapter 2, Luke chapter 9, these are the abilities that God gave us. Luke that chapter 9 is just descriptive. That's not saying that that's how we received our power. That's just the disciples, but the same ability that he gave them and told them to go do is what he gave to us. Number four, let's talk about this word occupy. You're not going to find it written all over the all over the scripture, but there is one reference that I'll gradually reference to. For time's sake, I'm going to hurry through this. 
But the word occupy, define, I'm going to give you two different definitions here. Occupy, the word occupy in the Greek is the word peruo, peruo, which means to continue on one's journey, meaning to continue on one's journey. The word go ye, listen to this comparison, this is interesting. That that phrase, go ye, into all the world, preach the gospel, in Mark 16 that we read, in the Greek, that's the word pragmatume, pragmatume, which means to carry on with one's business. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus didn't say to us, it, now we can use that word. There's nothing wrong with that word occupy. But in Mark 16, Jesus said to us, go ye into all the, that's the King James, but go into all the world, go. He's telling us to go. But the Greek words there, those two words are so similar that we can use this story that's that's in Luke chapter 19 where Jesus gives the parable of the people who are doing business and he gives some the might, uh, some 10 might, some five, and uh, or some five, 10 talents, some five talents. And then the uh, one brings back the one that he has and Jesus, or the one that he was given. Jesus is like, you wicked, and for time's sake, I'm paraphrasing the story. But Jesus says to the, to the lazy one, he's like, you wicked and lazy servant, you could have at least given this to the bank and, it, you know, gained interest in, in uh, money from it just sitting there. But you did nothing with it. But what did he say to them? In Luke 19, he said, go occupy until I come. But in the, in the New Kings, it says, go do business until I return. So there's a, there's a commandment from God in go ye. When he says go, go ye into all the world, he's saying continue and carry on with the work that I started, the work that I did, the things that I've done. You carry these things on. You continue in these things. Continue in this business. Occupy. Be busy with the work that you should be doing until I return. Don't wait till I'm back. Do it until I return. Or don't wait till I get back for anything to happen, I mean. Uh, until my return, you be busy with these things. You've got to be busy with these. You've got friends, you've got family, you've got coworkers that need to hear the gospel. You can't afford them not to. They can't afford you not to tell them about the goodness of God. Number five, what if we don't? What if we don't? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter three, quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter three. What if we don't? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Verse 13 says this, Each one's work will become clear. For the day, the day, the, the big day, the return day, will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort that it is. And if anyone's work which he has built of it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as so through fire. So Jesus is saying to us, through Paul, I know he's speaking to the Corinth church here, but he's saying to us, your works are going to be tried. You're going to stand judgment for what you have and have not done. And the works that you have done will be tried by fire to see if they were worthy of being uh, accounted to you. But those things will be suffered as loss. The things that are suffered as loss or or are burned up, you'll suffer as a loss to you. But you'll still be saved. 
So there is a time of judgment for the believer, even when we make the rapture, when we take, when we're part of this great catching away, or you go by way of the grave, you'll still be judged. And you'll be saved, but you'll still be judged by, by these things. Uh, turn quickly into Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, Jesus here is speaking to the churches, giving a revelation to John, and he's speaking to the churches here. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Be watchful. He's speaking to, this is the church of Sardis, and he calls us the dead church. But this is the church of Sardis, and this is what he says to them. Be watchful, strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. This is this is the church of Sardis. Now, he's not rebuking them so much for sin. He's rebuking them for the deadness that he says that your works uh, were, uh, I have not found your works perfect before, uh, before God, the works, they're not working. They're not doing the work that they were commanded to do. Now they're not necessarily in grotesque sin, perversion, addictions of sorts. They are dead. They're not doing the work that, and they've been called out in the, in the, Final analysis of humanity in the book of Revelation, the third chapter, they're called out for not doing work. This is a terrible thing. And Jesus even says to them in Luke 19, you don't have to turn there, but I quickly want to read this to you. I know we're running out of time, but Luke 19, just stay with me for just a second so we can wrap this part up. Luke 19 and 20, Jesus says to them, uh, then another comes saying, master, here's your mina, uh, or in other translations is talent, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief for I feared you because you're in a stir man. You collect what you did not deposit. You reap what you did not. sow. and he said to them out of your own mouth, I will judge you. You wicked servant. You knew that I was in a stir, a steward man, uh, uh, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not. sow. why then did you not put the money in a bank that my coming? I might have collected it with, with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him, give it to him who has the 10 minas. But he said to the master, he has 10 minas for I say to you, what man, uh, that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So anyone who has the gift of God that's been provided to him, all of us, we've been given the opportunity to receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit, to be equipped to go and do the mission. But those that have that do not do will be taken away from them. That's what the word says. Those that have and do not do will be taken away from them. I don't want to be counted in that group. I'm going to use what God's given me. Number six, final point. What else do we do? What else do we do? Let me tell you what the Bible says to do. Have faith in God. Jesus says to that, Mark 11, 22, he said, have faith in God. And then he gives some, some direction on how to utilize your faith in 23 and 24. But have faith in God. Nothing pleases God besides having faith. And Jesus says in, in, uh, in Luke as well, he says, when I return, Will I see faith? Luke 21. Will I find faith in the earth when I return? So a part of our job here, what, what am I saying? Save your family. Commit to your family. Uh, serve your family. Help your family. Serve your church. Help your church. Get involved in things that pertain to him. But get, live a life of faith. Don't just end 
And I, I'm going to continue this probably in another part. Uh, I'm talking about the life we should be living while we're here, aside from the works that we should be doing. But we should be living a life occupying with the power that we've been given. But we should be living a life fulfilled with the promises that God's given us here on this earth. We shouldn't cave into a little hole and go into a crater because Jesus is returning. We should live a fulfilled, blessed life because we know that the sacrifice Jesus made not only gave us power to reach others, but gave us power for our own life here today. I hope this helped you this morning. This has been a blessing to me. I love going through this. Stay tuned. Come back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And be sure, as always, subscribe to the channel. Follow my YouTube page. Subscribe, share the video on your social media, and be sure to tell someone about the podcast. It'll help people in the morning get their day started. So I love you. Be blessed today. I'll see you on the next broadcast. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.